0: Welcome to another edition of the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. It's your host, Amy Bailey, and I have with me today, Chelsea Madison, and she is with the Breathe Well Groups. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Hey guys, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about what I can help you guys with.
0: I'm so excited because when I first heard of you, I had no idea what a myofunctional therapist was.
1: <laughs> like many people. <laughs>
0: yeah, so you're going to have to just dive in deep and tell us all about it. But first, just kind of give us some background on who you are and how you got to where you are.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, like Amy said, my name is Chelsea Madison. I'm the owner of the Breathe Well Group. Um I am a certified myofunctional therapist. I am also a registered dental hygienist and a certified breastfeeding counselor. So um, how did I come to have all of those letters behind my name? Really, honestly, if you would have asked me 10 years ago where I saw myself, it would not be with what I'm doing now. Um, But let's go back to where my journey kind of started with it. It was when I had my first son um, who is now six, he had a horrible tongue tie. And I know that the term tongue tie lip ties, they're starting to become more known. So I figured I'd go ahead and start there so that people could kind of understand, um, where I started with all of this. So for us, we had horrible nursing issues, pretty much every symptom you could think of underneath the sun we had, and we dealt with, um, The doctor that I was working for as a hygienist at the time went through the same thing. So we both just kind of started learning, figuring out what was going on, why we were having these horrible nursing issues. And we had friends that it was so easy for. Um, And that's when we came into the world of tongue ties. So with tongue ties, anatomically, there is a frenum. Um, There can be one on the upper lip, underneath the tongue, um, and then in the cheeks too, And when we started out doing it, we would just release those frenums, but not really worry about anything else function wise. And we started seeing, okay, we're not really having the results we feel like we should be seeing. So then that's where myofunctional therapy came in. Myofunctional therapy broken down is just muscle function therapy. So it's very similar to what you would learn with physical therapy in the rest of the body, but just in the head, neck, oral region. And I work with patients that may or may not have tongue ties, but just some form of oral dysfunction. So my infant patients that I work with definitely have ties, they have feeding issues. We do some breastfeeding counseling. Um, as you get older, my kiddo patients normally have some form of speech issues, um, eating issues, sleeping, airway issues, snoring, that type of thing, um, ADHD like symptoms, but not actually ADHD. Um, moving into adulthood, it would turn into TMJ disorders, um, a lot of neck tension, headaches, uh, migraines. Grinding of the teeth, sleep apnea, all of those things are things that I work with in my practice. Um, And kind of how I became closer to Amy was that I started noticing that when we were working on the fascia in the mouth, doing myofunctional therapy, stretching everything out, getting things working the way that they needed to, um, I had patients report back to me that their pelvic floor issues were getting better. And of course, I'm not treating pelvic floor. So that really honestly never crossed my mind um, until I started seeing it repeatedly happening. And it makes sense because the fascia, that is that frenum attachment, is attached all the way down to our toes. So if that's tight, or we have a dysfunction or something's just not working properly, We can have issues all the way down to our spine, our knees, everything, honestly. Um, Scoliosis can get better. Like I said, the pelvic floor stuff can get better. So it's really honestly amazing the things that we can do just by getting oral function where it needs to be. Um, So here I am today with a practice that I took a huge leap of faith and went out on my own just all of the sudden. And I could not be happier and more thankful for the patients that I've had and for the colleagues that I now have and can collaborate with. Because before, when I was stuck in my little comfort bubble of doing this with somebody else's practice, I never made these connections that I had before. Um, Now it's like, all of these people I'm learning from and, um, we're helping patients more and more, even orthodontists in the area are starting to send to me, which is amazing. Um, so that's a little bit about myself and my practice and how I got to where I'm at. Um, it's not just something that I saw on the side of the road one day and was like, Hey, that sounds fun. (laughs) I literally lived through everything that most of my patients go through. So I think that that is what makes me so passionate about what I do because I don't want them to feel the things that I felt and be so upset and feel like it was my fault that I couldn't nurse properly. And my baby was upset and this and that. Um, So really that's why I have the whole, that's why I have all the letters. That's why I went, went ahead and did the breastfeeding so that I can treat a younger age I've done courses over the last five years, um, traveled many different places, and I just continue to learn. I don't think I will ever be done learning because that's how healthcare is, right? You just continue and you try to do the best for your patients.
0: There's so much here I want to unpack. So I want to (laughs) go back to the tongue tie because you and I sat down for coffee a while back and... I also dealt with one child with a tongue tie. My third of all kids had a tongue tie. And if you haven't been through it, you can't even understand how painful that is for the mom. And the pain of nursing is it's just excruciating. But then to see your child hungry or not sleeping or fussy, um, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. I can hear you. Um, you know, it's just, unless you've been through it, you can't understand. So I think for moms who are listening, who have been through this, they can really sympathize because there's not really this, I mean, my pediatrician didn't help me through it. I, I yeah. was on the internet. I was asking other moms. I didn't know what to do. And I, by this time I'd had two other children and I still didn't know it existed, you know? So even just knowing where to turn.
1: Yeah. It's really frustrating because other countries, um, that are more, in they're more preventative than, you know, we treat everything in the U S you know, we'll watch it until it becomes a problem and then we'll do something about it and we'll throw a medication at it. Um, Brazil, Australia, there are other countries that they do these assessments even before you leave the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that is taught in curriculums. It's not something that you have to seek additionally. And I think that's what the big problem is in the United States is that, it's not taught as part of your curriculum. So you go to med school, you know, eight years, and then you go to your, do your residency another two to four years, and you still never learn anything about tongue ties and what it can cause later on in life or even young in life. Um, wow. For me, I did five years of school for hygiene and learned zero about it. We learned the term ankoglossia, uh, but that was about it. That's as far as the training went. And so For myself, I did, um, my certification alone was 125 hours kind of stuffed into a few months. And so I'd work full time and then I'd come home and get on the computer through the week until like nine, 10 o'clock at night. And then eight to five Saturday and Sunday, I also did my coursework, um, in addition to all of my case studies that I did and how many people are willing to take all that time away from their family and their kids. Right. So yeah, being able to get this out there is such a big thing for me. That's why I want to just tell people, (laughs) I just want people to understand because there is help out there and there's tons of great providers that understand about it. You just have to unfortunately find them. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it is super painful when you're going through it because you just don't understand and you're not getting help. They're like pediatricians, even my lactation support who was an IBCLC in the hospital, zero help at all. Um, it was really honestly frustrating. So yeah, this is amazing that we can get this out there and the tongue tie, um, word out there. There is a group that I will let you guys know about. Um, it's called the airway circle. It is, there are two versions of it. So there's a professional version for all of, um, us providers so that we can collaborate, but we also allow parents in there. So if you guys have any kinds of concerns with tongue ties or airway issues or really anything that comes along with that, you can come in there and we do clubhouses on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. And we bring again, all kinds of different providers in, um, whether it be about gut health, whether it be chiropractors, occupational therapists, physical therapists, And we all give our knowledge and we let people come up and ask questions and it's completely free. Um, so you don't have to worry about anything like that, but if you're seeking help, you can find it out there. And we've got Facebook and Instagram and, um, lots of good resources for you guys.
0: Okay. The airway circle.
1: Yep. Okay,
0: That's great. Yeah. Because I can remember I had a lactation consultant come to my house. I mentioned it to my pediatrician who blew me off, went and saw an ENT, And it was finally a dentist who helped us, you know, but I would never take, my daughter was six weeks old. I would have never taken her to a dentist, you know? Right. Right. So, yeah. And then the release was so helpful in our case. I mean, it just was like a magic cure. And I don't say that very often. Yeah. I mean, it makes a huge difference, but then you have to do the stretches and I'm used to putting people through pain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is the hardest part. So uh, what the tongue ties, a lot of people ask me, um, why, where do they come from? Like, is it hereditary? Is it this? So it's 50% hereditary, 50% environmental. So our hereditary factor obviously comes from mom and dad. Um, if you're going, if you have a tied mom and then a non-tied dad, you may have a tied child. Now, if you're both tied, pretty high chances that your babies are going to be tied. So in our instance, myself and my husband are both tied. So we created that beautiful little baby boy who was tied. Um, and now I'm 33 weeks pregnant with a little girl who I'm very confident will also be tied. Um, but luckily this time around i have all the really good providers now the environmental factor of that is how we live nowadays so um, we're taught you go breast milk or formula to smashed up foods for a long time because we want to be very very careful not to let the baby choke mm-hmm. but the thing is if muscles are functioning properly and we don't have any kind of oral restrictions choking isn't going to happen. They may a little bit, but nothing that's going to be severe to where it's detrimental. We want them chewing. And that's something that I coach all of my parents, all of my patients, even my adult patients. It's amazing. The amount of people who do not chew and you need to chew to develop jaw muscles, to develop, um, palate, um, mandible, everything. That's why we have so much dysfunction and so much overcrowding of teeth and why nobody has room for third molars anymore. And we're always getting wisdom teeth out while everybody pretty much has a rite of passage is going through braces at a certain age. Um, a lot of that can be avoided if you have correct function and you work on some
0: of that stuff at a really young age. Wow. Okay. My mind's blown completely. <laughs> I, knew, I knew chewing was important for like your gut health, you know? Yeah um, stress, but I did not know all of those. Yeah.
1: And kind of like adding onto that gut health, a lot of people with dysfunction. Um, one of the things I do in my consults with my three-year-olds and up is I check eating and drinking. So I watch eating with a simple food, like an applesauce or a yogurt, something of that texture. I'll check eating, swallowing with, uh, complex food. So something that is like a sandwich or pizza or something that fits into their diets that has multiple textures and then also drinking. And what a lot of people do because they develop compensations over the years is they will have, um, this open mouth posture while they're eating, or they'll take a lot of air in while they're eating and drinking. So with all of that excess air, comes gut health issues because we start having all of the bad bacteria invade the good bacteria in the gut. And it's, this kind of reoccurring thing. In addition to, if we're not chewing properly, we can have digestive issues. So that's another thing that I do see in my practice. And, um, I work with, with people, of course, with, correct providers who are actually working on gut health and giving nutrition counseling and that kind of stuff. Cause I do not do that in my practice, but I have great people who do that. I mean, my number one is of course, Dr. Nicole Barton. Um, I always, always, always send to her for that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in addition just to getting the body, um, in alignment, but yeah, it's pretty amazing, honestly.
0: So is this something that you would recommend everybody get a screen for So that's
1: really, I go based on symptoms. Now, if I could implement my, of course, I can't do my screening in my dental practice that I'm still working in, but a small screening for like airway, Mm -hmm. that is number one thing that people should be starting to do in a dental practice. Um, That's something that has changed since 2019. It is now in the scope of practice of dentists to do airway um and we should be doing assessments we should be looking we should be checking just like we do for or cancer or cavities or whatever else um yes in that standpoint but coming straight to me i'd say it would be symptom based so if you have any of those signs or symptoms and they are also listed on my website um which is just the breathewellgroup.com um if you have some of those symptoms it, most people think that what they are going through is normal. I hear that so many times. Um, when I ask how many cups of coffee do you drink kind of checking sleep and how they're resting and things like that. Um, I've gotten up to five, 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 pretty much five a day. That's, that's my normal. I'm like that. That's not normal. You shouldn't need that much caffeine to get through the day. Right. Um, but to them, that's normal. Snoring is normal. Not sleeping well is normal. All of the TMJ pain, neck pain, migraines is just normal when really it doesn't have to be. It can be a different way of life um, if you just find the right provider. So it never hurts just to do a consult. Um, It's a pretty in-depth consult. So it, it gives me all of the really good information that I need. And if you feel like any of that's happening, then hundred percent get the consult because the worst case is you come in, you hang out with me for an hour. And I say, you know, honestly, I don't really see much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but best case we can work on something and we can really change the way that you're living.
0: Yeah. Or you could refer them to a provider that might help them in a different area. Exactly.
1: If there's something else and that does happen. Sometimes I, you know, i am I love hanging out with you. I think this is great. We're not really getting anywhere in these last few weeks seeing each other. I think you need to see this provider instead. Um, And that happens sometimes. And that's the good thing about having really good providers in your area that you can connect with because you do have that. Um, I like to have at least one of everything in my tool belt. So a PT, an OT. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to get an ENT in that tool belt around here, but (laughs) dentist, chiropractor, cranial sacral therapist. I I mean, I'm trying to get pretty much one of everybody in my tool belt so that I have people to send to.
0: Yeah, it definitely helps. It helps just support your clients better. Yeah. I agree. Um, I'm kind of looking through the notes where the symptoms you were talking about. And in fact, recently I had a client who I was seeing for pelvic floor and she mentioned some TMJ pain and hey, yeah. And mm-hmm. I dug in a little bit because I see a lot of people with, you know, just tightness and tension in general. And when I dug in and asked her about the TMJ, she knew she had a tongue tie and she was actually scheduled for a release. And I had no idea because I kind of, my only experience was with my young daughter, you know, right. so I was like really, you know, I was really yeah. excited to hear that. So,
1: yeah, yeah. It's amazing, um, with those patients that do have their releases and I have, a couple of really great release providers too in the area so if you do run into that um i i work closely with a few that um they'll refer to me for myofunctional therapy because really for anybody well even all ages but especially 3 years and up you want to do myofunctional therapy before you do releases and after you do releases um just to make sure that all the compensations are broken the muscles are working properly um Easiest way to kind of describe that is if you're born with legs tied together and we do surgery to release the attachment between the legs, but we do nothing else, there's not a lot that's going to change. You're still going to have that issue with your legs, um, long-term. So that's what the myofunctional therapy does in that aspect. And yeah, it's, it's amazing because it's things you would never piece together until you start learning a little bit more.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's speaking my language, because I say that with patients of mine who get surgery to fix a prolapse or surgery to fix a diastasis recti, you need therapy before and after those surgeries. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent to learn how to use your muscles better. And there's no
1: magic pill or magic surgery. That's going to fix anything immediately. And just all the way done. Um, it's always going to be something that you're going to have to work on before and after it just is how it is. And if we would get a little more used to that and using our body for things like that, I think it would be easier for some people, um, because it's just our way of life in the United States. People would rather take one pill, which then leads them to two or three more versus just working on something for like six months and then you're cured. Right. <laughs> right. It
0: probably saves you money in the long run, honestly. Yeah. A
1: hundred percent, a hundred percent.
0: I say that all the time. There's no quick fix and we do have the capability to heal in most cases. Yes. Yes. People need a referral to come and see you.
1: No, people do not need a referral. I do um, like to hear from the provider. So if somebody is sending me a patient, I would like to you to reach out and just be like, Hey, I have um, this patient. I'm sending them to you. This is my concern. Um, that way I can know, cause from my aspect, I'll know my concern, right. But I won't necessarily know another provider's concern because I am very good about staying within my scope of practice. I do not try to overstep ever. I will always admit if I don't know something, it does not make me feel bad at all. Um, so yeah, I would like to hear from providers if I'm getting patients, but I do not need referrals.
0: It's so interesting. You mentioned kind of the pelvic floor issues getting better. And a lot of times when someone walks in my office, I can tell before an internal exam if they have a tight pelvic floor, if they're holding their mouth guarded. Yeah. Know it by looking at them. Yeah. So sort of makes my wheels start spinning. You know, depending on how long they've had pelvic floor tightness, they probably would benefit from seeing you.
1: Yeah, for sure. 100%. And it is those little things like that once you get trained. You can't really unsee the thing. So you just walk by people and you're like, oh, I noticed this going on. Not to be judgy or anything, just that we've perfected our skills and being able to (laughs) take one look and know what's going on with people a lot of the times.
0: Yeah. But working in conjunction might help even their public, it might speed up the healing. um, Yep, exactly. So that's, that's awesome. I love hearing that Yes. Okay. One of my other favorite things is you are a business owner. I of course love other business owners. I have a lot of business owners on my podcast and just people who are brave enough to step out there and do the thing. Yeah. So, that's like, scary. It's <laughs> scary. It's scary. Every day. Yeah. I'm two and a half years in and still scared, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a week by week thing, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah. So you
1: just made the jump. You just decided, Hey, this is. The- I just made the jump. Um, so I was going to go in with another provider mm-hmm. because that was my comfort net, right? It was, it was safe to do it that way. And there was just a couple of things that, because I know the way that I want to run my business and my business is so much about patient care. Um, it is, it just is my mindset. That is how it is. And so when some things started getting discussed before we got there, I was like, you know, I just don't think this is, this is not what I have in mind for my business. So I made the the leap. And I literally could barely get through getting my LLC because I am so bad at doing stuff like that, that I had to have my CPA help me because I couldn't (laughs) accomplish it. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? (laughs) Um, and I really like probably about four months in is when I was like, all right, I'm in the swing of things, but it was about, uh, Gosh, when I started my business, I was pregnant and I just didn't know it. So that was another thing that I kind of jumped into it and, and I was also expecting a new baby and I was like, how am I going to make this work? (laughs) Um, but we just do right. Because we care so much about our patients that we see you kind of figure out ways around it. And I'm finally getting to the place where I can start dropping some extra days of hygiene that I have and focus more on the business. Um, so that I have more flexibility in my schedule. Um, but yeah, it was just a, jumping on in, getting through it. My husband is very supportive and he was behind me all the way. And he was like, you know, worst case, it just doesn't work. And we're out a little bit of money and at least you tried and you know, and, um, I was like, okay. And, and that killed me because I am not a failure type of person. I couldn't even think about if it didn't work. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, jumped in. And so far I have not looked back at
0: all. And I think you learn learned to start trusting your intuition better. Like you had that feeling that a partnership was not going to work for you. And yeah. so it's just, you have to trust yeah. yourself and really.
1: It is. And it's so easy to just stay comfortable, have a net to catch you and, Oh, I know this is going to be easier. Let's just do it this way. Um, but it's not always the way you can't really treat your patients the way you want to, when you're working with somebody else, cause you're not the only provider. So Um, yeah, it's been great. And I still plan on, even though I am due with baby girl in about six and a half weeks, um, I do have the capability of telehealth. So I'm still going to be seeing patients. Um, I will take about two weeks off because that's what my doula recommended. And I will um, rest as much as possible in bed, although that's not my personality type. Um, And then I'll just, continue seeing patients through my business and, you know, take time off of hygiene. Um, cause that I will definitely have to take some time off of.
0: Yeah. So you got a plan going forward. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: I love it. What, uh, just a couple more questions. What, like how long is a treatment plan? Does it vary from person to person?
1: It does vary. Um, so because I do treat all ages in my practice, um, you know, my infants that I see for myofunctional therapy and breastfeeding, um, they're not that much really. I'm working with them for a few weeks before release, and then maybe a month or two after release. And that's normally when they're to a good place. Um, and then when we get into like the one, two, three year olds, they're going to be a shorter, um, program. they will be more of a, not full myofunctional therapy program, but really just getting you ready for surgery, making sure that you're healing well program. Um, so that's typically about two to three months. Um, a full myofunctional therapy program is anywhere from six to 12 months, depending on what the issues are, how many we're working with. Um, those are kind of the different factors, but that is typically how it is. And my programs are, weekly visits, um, for the first eight weeks. So if my patients are done after eight weeks, they're done. And then we kind of start spacing if they're on the longer program. So going to every two weeks or every four weeks, um, until we get into that maintenance kind of good phase, we, with our full myofunctional therapy program, it's a neuromuscular reeducation. Mm-hmm. So it takes a while for that reason. It's not just, okay, we're going to do these exercises movements and we're good. Uh, no, we have to make sure that we're actually having the neuromuscular reeducation before I can graduate someone. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm looking at while I'm seeing you, even though it seems like we're not doing everything. I'm basically assessing you from the top of your head to, um, under your clavicles every single time you do anything in my practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I can tell how we're progressing and
0: how things are going. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You have to have time for that change for the brain, Yeah,
1: especially if I'm seeing patients that are 20, 30, 40, you know, my oldest patient, I think was somewhere around 80. Wow. Um, you've been having those compensations and using those muscles improperly for that amount of time. So it. Even if we're taking a year to correct it, that's still way faster than you developing all those compensations. So, a lot of people do get frustrated about that because they want things to be done quick, quick, quick. Um, And we can do things quickly if you don't, if you want them to not last. Now, if you want it to be a lifelong change, it's going to take a little bit longer and hanging out with me for a little bit longer, but I promise you it's pretty good conversation, even if it's not, <laughs> not exactly what you came there for. Normally I talk to a lot of my patients about everything. Um, cause I, I mean, I just, I love it so much and I love seeing people. So
0: do you ever work with speech pathologists or do y'all's work? Does it overlap?
1: So you can find us an SLP, a speech language pathologist who is myofunctional therapy trained. There are not very many in the area. Um, So that is one thing that I'm still looking for, for my tool belt, because they are going to soon in their curriculum, start learning a little bit about, um, it's called OMDs, orofacial myofunctional disorder. Um, they will start learning about that in their curriculum, but a lot of them as of now aren't really learning that. So they don't understand exactly what I do. There can be a tad bit of overlap, but typically not because I'm doing more o- of oral motor work and the neuromuscular reeducation work, and they're doing more of mimicking, trying to get the sounds and things like that. Um, so Yes. And no, it can in our area. Typically not yet. Yeah.
0: I'm thinking in the past, maybe I should have referred to someone like you and instead of referred to a speech therapist, you know, because yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's kind of happened. It's kind of like with the releases, if a pediatrician does notice a tongue tie, normally their first person they send to is an ENT,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but an ENT really isn't trained unless they do the additional training. Like some of the denti- the dentists that you were talking about, like some of the other providers, they don't really know it either. So it's just this, that's, that was the norm. Like even orthodontists would do that. They would see tongue thrust or they would see these other habits and they would go straight to a, a speech language pathologist when really I can treat that because it's not a speech issue. It's yeah. a habit issue, a muscle issue. Um, so now I am starting to get some of those referrals in our area. Um, just because people are starting to understand like, oh, okay, yeah, no, no, this makes sense. This is what we're going to do.
0: That is so helpful. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we go? Anything I might've forgotten?
1: Um, I, I don't, I don't think so. I would love for everybody to just be able to go and check out my website, kind of see a little bit more about me, Um, I have my services on there, my hours, how to contact me on there. And then my Facebook and my Instagram, mainly Facebook, but I post so much good information. So you'll see me posting studies all the time. Um, you'll see me just posting little things that can help you and get you kind of thinking about things. So Facebook, Instagram are the breathe well group. Um, and I would love to connect with anybody. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out. You guys can send me a DM and say, Hey, I listened to you on Amy's podcast. Um, I kind of had a question about this and I don't mind at all answering questions and, um, trying to figure out if, if I'm the place you need to be, or if there's somewhere else you need to be.
0: Yeah. I love that. Y'all please reach out to her because I can just remember when I was in that boat and I didn't have anybody to reach out to So, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I will be posting all of your information everywhere when this podcast goes out. So y'all can head over to my Instagram or Facebook and y'all will find all of her information. It will of course be in the show notes as well too. So thank you so much for your time, Chelsea.
1: Thank you so much. And it was great talking with you guys.
0: Yes. And everybody, I will talk to y'all next week. Have a great week.